Hello. Let's go ahead and open up with prayer. My Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. Father, in the name of Jesus, grant us a spirit of grace. Grant us a spirit of grace, a spirit of grace. Now ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I welcome you all. This is my first women's meeting in our home. That is, this is our living room. And, and I've got to tell you, um, I just want to take a moment here. I've had more pressure today than I've had in a very long time. And it's amazing. It was kind of a surprise and I didn't handle it very well. But you know what? I sat down here, came home, and I put my heart on the cross. And I remembered that Jesus, whatever pressure I have, whatever burdens I have, whatever weaknesses I have, whatever blunders I have done went on that body. They laid that body on a cross and they put it up. And that body on that cross, the Father saw. All my sins, all my iniquities, all my shortcomings, everything that was between me and God went on that body. And it pleased the Father to do so. It pleased the Father that that happened. And Jesus went to hell with all those issues for me. And then he was raised from the dead because the Father said the payment Jesus made was enough. And now where there is grace, there is grace to move on. I would like to welcome any newcomers we have a group of women and men here that are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God. And we are endeavoring to walk in the power of God. And right now we are looking at how Jesus did it. Uh, uh, if you will go with me before we start, I want us to go to John 10, 35. And I apologize, next week I'll have this up on the screen, but we're taking this as easy as possible. John 10, 35. Um, the verse that I use all the time, but we're going to need it today. You're going to need this verse today. Some of you may have, are going to hear this for the very first time. But we are looking how Jesus walked on the earth. And we're going to have to realize, we have to make a decision. Is the word of God, the word of God, is it what it says it is, the word of God, or is it not? If it is the word of God, then we have to follow it. We have to believe it. And it says that right here in John 10, 35. If he called them gods, this is Jesus speaking, unto whom the word of God came. And then this is the part I want to get to. And the scripture, the scripture, this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus speaking. He said the scripture cannot be broken. Jesus said that. Your Messiah said that. The scripture cannot be broken. And he said that standing on earth as a man. 
Now, if you will go with me to 1 John 2, 6. So we know that what we read here is the truth. Jesus said that. The scripture cannot be broken. So we can't change it. We can't distort it. We have to read it as it's written in the Bible. It says in Peter that the word of God was given to men by the Holy Ghost. They didn't come up with it on their own. The Holy Ghost and the Spirit of Jesus spoke through them and they wrote it down. Now, 1 John 2, 6, uh, the, the, the Spirit of God speaking through the Apostle John. He said, he that saith, he abideth in him, and he's referring to Jesus. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Let's look at that again. He that saith, he abideth in Jesus. Do you say you abide in Jesus? Jesus in John 15 said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So if you abide in me, we have to abide in Jesus and my words abide in you. So that means we have to have his word in us. The only way we're going to get the word in us is to read it out loud, to get it in our hearts. It says faith cometh by hearing, not by seeing. Faith cometh by hearing. When we read that word of God out loud, it ministers to our heart. And that word, the words of Jesus, are spirit and their life. Their life. Do you know that when you are reading the word of God out loud, that it's life? That you're actually ministering life to yourself? Now, John here, he that saith, he abideth in him. Do you abide in Jesus? Do you say you abide in Jesus? Well, if you do, then you ought yourself also to walk even as he walked. Now, here's the issue. Well, then how did Jesus walk? If we're to walk like Jesus, how did Jesus walk? We're going to take a look at that. Last week, we talked about Jesus. He started from nothing. He was born of a virgin. He was a child. He was a baby. In fact, if you, if you consider it, if you meditate on it, Jesus came from heaven and he was put in Mary's womb, a seed, a cell. It says she conceived him. So it was a seed and an egg. And Jesus, the Messiah that came to earth, started as a single cell, a single cell. Wow. Consider that some night when you're laying in bed and can't sleep. All right, now let's go to Romans 8, 10 through 11, because we're going to take a look at how Jesus did this. We're going to have to walk just like Jesus. But I want you to see something here, because I know you're going to say the very thing I said when that was revealed to me, that I'm going to have to walk like Jesus did. I said, well, I can't do that. He was Jesus. He was Jesus. I want to show you a couple things before we get into this. Right, Romans chapter 8. I'm going to begin in verse 10. It says, and if Christ be in you, the uh, let's, go, let's go to Romans 8, 10. I'm going to begin in verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, look at this next part. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ... There's two spirits in this verse. There's the Spirit of God, and there's the Spirit of Christ. We have to have the Spirit of Christ first. It says that. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, 
He is none of his. If you don't have the spirit of Christ, you're not his. Well, what is that spirit? Where do we get that spirit of Christ? We get it when we're born again. We get that spirit when we're born again. We don't get the Holy Ghost. We get the spirit of Jesus. It says that right here. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Look at verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. When we are born again, when we are born again, we get the spirit of Jesus in us, in us, not around us, not with us, in us. We get the spirit of Jesus in us. You know what we get when we get the spirit of Jesus? We get the resurrection in us. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. We get the resurrection in us. Now do you see why you will live forever and you'll go to heaven? You have the resurrection in you. He's in you. The resurrection is in you. That's why you'll go to be with him because you're his. Now let's read on. It says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We're going to stop there and we're going to go back. I want us to go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. Now we know we're going to look how Jesus did it. And we're going to start with some givens. One, we have to abide in Jesus. We have to walk like he walked. And we have the spirit of Jesus in us. Three givens. I used to teach math. Three givens. Jesus is in us. Well, if he's in us, then he's going to help us walk like he walked, isn't he? If he is in us, if the spirit of Jesus is in us, and 1 Corinthians says, those that are joined to Christ, those that are joined to Jesus is one spirit. So we have his spirit with our spirit, and they're joined together. One spirit. We have the spirit of Jesus in us if we are born again, if we have received Jesus. Now. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, but we all, we all, the Apostle Paul speaking, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. So we're looking at Jesus. Do you know the series that we're doing, how Jesus did it? We're going to be looking at Jesus. And look what happens when you look at Jesus. Look what happens when you look at your Lord. It says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. We are changed. We are changed. As we look at Jesus, as we meditate on him, as we pray to him, as we read his word, we're changed. It's a beautiful change. We are changed into the same image. The same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. When we look at how Jesus walked, when we read his word, when we pray to him, when we keep our eyes on him, we are changed into him. We're changed into him. Do you see why it's important to know how Jesus walked? Because we're going to walk the same way. 
we're going to have the same advantage. We have Jesus in us. We have Jesus in us as we walk. Now, with that, go with me to Matthew 3. Matthew 3, 13. I'm going to begin. We know that Jesus was a child. And we know that until Jesus was baptized in the Holy Ghost, until he came to John to be baptized in water and the baptized in the Holy Ghost, he didn't do one miracle. There is not one miracle that is written of Jesus before he went to John the Baptist. And there's a reason why, and we're going to take a look at it. Now, Matthew 3, 13, I'm going to begin. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Jesus purposely left Galilee, and then he went to Jordan, the River Jordan, unto John. So he purposely came to John. He didn't just haphazardly show up. He came to John to be baptized of him. Wait a minute. You mean the Son of God had to be baptized? Do you mean that the Son of God had to be baptized? I mean, why didn't he just show up and start doing miracles instantly? We're going to look at that. He had to be baptized. Let's go on. Verse 14. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. Suffer it to be so now. It is necessary that I do this. For thus it becometh us, us, look at that word us, to fulfill all righteousness. Do you realize that when Jesus came to John, John knew who he was. He said, in John, he said, behold the Lamb of God. He knew who Jesus was. He knew what Jesus was going to do. But Jesus said to him, suffer it to be so, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. You know what's wonderful about this? John had a purpose. John had a purpose. John the Baptist had a purpose. He was to get all Israel, to get ready for the Messiah. That's why he was baptizing, getting him ready to see the Messiah, getting ready for the Messiah to come. And not only that, he had a purpose. He got to be the one that baptized Jesus in water. He got to be the one. He was put there to baptize Jesus in water. Jesus said to be baptized in water was to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus knew he had to be baptized in water. Isn't that amazing? Now think back to 1 John. It says, if we say we abide in him, if we say that we abide in him, we ought to walk even as he walked. Well, if our Lord Jesus knew he had to be baptized in water. Don't you think we do too? Don't you think we have to be baptized in water also? We will find out why Jesus had to be baptized in water, but we won't say it here. But we'll go on. Jesus knew that he had to be baptized in water. All right? I tell you what. Nope, the Lord's not going to let me get by with that. Let's go to Romans 6. Verse 1, Jesus had to be baptized in water, and I'll show you why. Uh, Romans 1, 6 
6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And look at that verse 3. Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus, baptized into his death. We're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even we also should walk in newness of life. For if we be planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, this is what Jesus had to do. Jesus had to be baptized in water for this next verse. Knowing this, our old man is crucified with him. Did you know that Jesus had an old man? Did you know that Jesus had flesh? Did you know that? Let's take a look at that. I want you to go with me. I want you to go with me to Hebrews 2, verse 14. We're going to take a look at our, our Jesus. And I want to say this. The more that you consider this, the more that you meditate on these verses, the more you see the love of God, the more you see the love of God. Before we go to Hebrews, I want you to go to John chapter one. I wanna show you what Jesus did for you and I. John one, one. Now we're gonna talk, we're gonna look at what Jesus did. John one, one, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning of the very world was the word. And the word was with God. The word was with God. And the word was God. Ask any child to tell you how many people are in this sentence. And it's easy for a child. There are two. There are two talking. This verse is talking about two entities. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. There were two. There were two gods. We know that in Philippians, we read last week, that he, was, uh, that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So he was a God. Can you imagine? Jesus was the Father's delight daily. He was with the Father. He was the Word, and he was with God, and he was a God. That God so loved us that he sent Jesus. He sent him, and Jesus left heaven. He says in John, I came down from heaven. And not only did he leave heaven, he left all his godly powers in heaven. And he became a man like us. If you will go down to verse 14 of John 1, you will see this. And the word, and the word, Jesus is the word. And the word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. 
and dwelt among us. Jesus walked on this earth as a man, no longer a God. Philippians uh, 2 talks about he made empty himself. He emptied himself of all these godly abilities. He left all his godly ability in heaven. Now, go with me to Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2, verse 14. It says, for as much then as the children, that's us, are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same. Do you see that? He took part of the same. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, you and I have flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Do you realize Jesus had to be able to die? He had to be able to die. Why? says it right here, so that he would have, so he could destroy him that had the power of death, the devil, through death. Jesus had to, through death, destroy the works, destroy the power of death. And that was through the devil. So Jesus had to be able to die. He had to. Now we only got one problem here. You can't kill a God. You cannot kill a God. You couldn't kill the Father, you can't kill God, and you can't, you couldn't kill his son because he was a God. So Jesus, because we are partakers of flesh and blood, likewise took part of the same. He left that ability, became a man, so he could die. So he could die. Now, let's go on. Verse 15, and deliver them who through fear of death are all their lifetime subject to bondage. Do you know what the wonderful thing is? When you get to a point walking with God, when you get to a point where you know that you know that God is with you, that Jesus is in you, that you are being led of the Spirit, there's no more fear of death. There's no more fear of death. Paul said, it is better that I go than stay. Paul had that ability. He had no more fear of dying. We can be there. You can know, you can absolutely know that if anything happened to you, any accident, you would be in instant with the Father and with Jesus. Now, who delivered through fear of death for all their lifetimes subject to bondage. For verily, he took on not him the nature of angels. He took on him the seed of Abraham. He became just like a child of Abraham, and he was in the flesh. He had to have skin. He had to have bones. He had to have a heart of a man. He had to have a soul of a man. You know what it says in Hosea, if you got enough guts to believe it? It says his soul was not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Jesus had to take on our flesh. He had to take on our feelings. It says here that he took on the seed of Abraham. Well, you know what? Abraham had a sinful nature. He had the sinful nature. Read about Abraham. You'll find out he did. He had on the sinful nature. You know what? Adam didn't start out that way. 
but Adam rebelled and sin came into the human race. And that sin passed down to every human born after that day. That sin and went along with sin came death. Adam, if he would have not sinned, would still be alive today. He would still be alive. He'd have never died. But when sin came in, death came in also. And Jesus came to restore what Adam forsook. When Adam sinned, when he rebelled, Jesus came to put back. And to do that, he had to take on the seed of Abraham. He had to be just like us. Now let's go on. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. All things. All things. He had to have our feelings. He had to eat. He had to, it was necessary for him to sleep. He had to handle the day just like we did. It says, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brother, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Look at verse 18. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted. He's able to succor them that are tempted. It is a beautiful thing to know. When we are worshiping, praising, talking to Jesus, that he has already been where we are. He already feels, he already has felt the feelings that we feel. Do you know Jesus grieved when his cousin John was beheaded? Do you know that Jesus wept over Jerusalem because he knew what was coming? Do you know that, that Jesus had compassion on a woman whose son had died. He had compassion on her. He had all the feelings that we have. He knows what it feels like to have your heart broken. He knows what it feels like to have fear. He knows what it feels like to be in a situation you think you can't come out of. They'll never, it'll never be better, but it will be because he knows, because he already knows. Any situation that you're in, any, any horror, any terror, any brokenheartedness, he has already been. And he knows how to get you out if you will give them the opportunity. He knows, he knows what it feels like. It says, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted. He is able to succor. That word means to help, to help them that are tempted. He is able to help. That's one of the reasons he became just like us. Now, move on over to Hebrews 4, verse 14. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest, I know some of you are looking at these verses. Do you believe them? Can you put aside your own feelings? Can you put aside all the things that you've learned in Sunday school? Can you put aside all the movies you've seen? All the, all the other voices that you've heard, all the preachers. Can you put those aside and look at the word of God only? Look at the word of God 
only. Do you have the courage to look at the word of God only? You know, it takes courage to believe the Bible. It takes courage to believe what is written versus all the other voices that say otherwise. It takes courage to stand on these words when everybody else doesn't. It takes courage to stand on these words when your family is against them. It takes courage. But you know what the wonderful thing about when you, when you believe that the scripture cannot be broken? Then it'll come to pass. It'll manifest. Now, back to Hebrews 4. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Verse 15, for we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That word is weaknesses. We have not a high priest, which means we have, double negative, like we, as we are. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched. In other words, he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points, all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted in all points. Are you being tempted not to believe Jesus was? Are you be, being tempted to run away from God? Jesus was. Are you being tempted that there is no hope? So was Jesus. He was tempted in all points. Are you tempted with wickedness? Are you tempted with uncleanness? Are you tempted with any of the Ten Commandments? Are you tempted with any sin? So was Jesus. It's written right here. It's written right here. It says, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Did you know it is not sin to be tempted? You know, there are times when you are tempted up to here. But if you don't yield, if you don't commit the sin, it's not sin. Oh, you can be tempted. You can be tempted to lie. You can be tempted to give up. You can be tempted not to believe. It can come right up to where it's the water's right up to your nose. But if you don't commit the sin, it is not sin. That's where Jesus was. He never sinned. Tempted, but never sinned. This, this is the man. This is the man. The word to follow. This is the man. The word to walk like. A man that knows what temptation is. That's what this word says. 
It says, but it was all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why? Because he's been there. He's been there. Oh, the time I was struggling before in 1984, 1983, I was struggling. I, I was miserable. It was like I wanted to get back to God and I didn't know how. And I tempted, I prayed, I tried, I cried, I cried, I cried. I didn't know how. Do you know what? A man uh, spoke to me, a prophet, and said, he said, thus saith the Lord, I've seen your tears. I've heard your cries. Do you know he hears yours? Do you know every prayer you've prayed in his will, he's heard. Do you know he sees you're struggling? He sees your suffering. He sees your heartbrokenness. He sees it. He sees it. And he's been there. And he knows how to get you out. He knows how to get you out. How do we get out? First John 2, 6. We walk like he walked. We walk like he walked. And the wonderful thing is he is in us and he's the shepherd. He will lead us out. That's why we're studying how he did it so that he'll lead us out. Now, go with me to James 1.12. I wanna show you something about temptation because I know there are many and I struggled with it when I first, when I first heard it, that Jesus had to be tempted and he had to become a man just like me just like you. I remember I was talking to someone and, and they were telling me that they were talking to God and they said, they were saying, Jesus, I see that you were just like this person. And Jesus corrected him. He said, no, I was just like you. I was just like you. If he is to be our succor, our helper, if he is to be our judge, if he is to be our savior, then he had to be just like us. If he's gonna be our sacrifice, if he's gonna take our place on the cross, he had to be just like us. He had to be just like us. And the more we considered that, the more love and compassion we see God had for us. He came down here and he saw what it was like to be me. And you know what he found out? I was gonna need some help. I was gonna need some help. Now, James 1.12, I'm gonna begin. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Now, verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted of God. Look at this next phrase. For God cannot be tempted with evil. God cannot be tempted with evil. Why? It's pure. You know, being tempted, the lust has to be in your heart. We'll read that in just a minute. God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So it's not God tempting you. But every man is tempted 
when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So what brings temptation? The lust of our hearts. As I've shared before, you cannot tempt me with fried frog legs. You can put a plate of fried frog legs in front of me and you won't tempt me one bit. Long story, but you can't tempt me with fried frog legs. But there are other things you can tempt me with. Why? If the lust is in my heart. The lust is in my heart. That's what tempts me. You know, uh, you, you put up a, a, a big billboard of a, of a juicy hamburger on a fast day and I'm tempted. But you know what? I don't have to yield to the temptation. Well, guess what? It says God cannot be tempted with evil. But we just read in Hebrews 4 that he was in all points tempted like as we are. With that, you have to understand and you have to acknowledge, you have to acknowledge the word of God and he wasn't God. He wasn't a God. When he was down here, he did not have his godly ability. Oh, it was the spirit of Jesus. He came down from heaven. It was the spirit of Jesus. That spirit and that body had been since time, before time. It was eternal. But he had to leave his godly abilities behind him and he had to walk. He had to walk in the flesh and bones and body and, and soul of a man. It was Jesus from heaven in an earthly body. It says he became the word became flesh. So he had to be able to be tempted. If he was tempted, then he wasn't a God. Because it says God cannot be tempted of evil. Now, it says verse 15 of James 1, then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Jesus was tempted. Tempted. In every point. But he never sinned couldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. The father upheld him. He had his spirit. And you say, well, you see, there's the difference between Jesus and I. Oh, no, friend. You forgot what we said in the beginning. When you're born again, you have his spirit in you. You have his spirit in you. You have the same spirit. When Jesus walked on this earth, you have that same spirit in you. In fact, you not only have that spirit, you have the spirit of the one that was raised from the dead. You have the resurrection in you. You have the one that conquered death in you. You have the one that paid for sin in you. That's the one we have in us. That's the one that's leading us. That's the one that's going to show us how to walk like he walked gonna walk like he walked. And you say, this is crazy. I've never heard this before. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna put up this video on my Facebook and on YouTube and on my website, and I'll put these verses with it because you're gonna have to look at them. You're gonna have to seriously consider them. 
Paul said to Timothy, consider what I say and the Lord give you understanding. I am not demeaning Jesus. In fact, I'm showing you how powerful, how beautiful, and how much love he had that he would become just like you so he could fix you, so he could help you, so he could judge you with justice. Amen? I think we're going to stop right here. If you have any questions about this, you are welcome to email me, to message me, to text me. But I want to pray for us. I want to pray now. Father, I thank you. I give thanks. Father, I thank you. I give thanks. I give thanks. I give thanks. Father, I thank you. I give thanks and praise you. I give thanks, Father, I thank you. I give thanks. I give thanks. Father, I thank you. I thank you for grace. Father, 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 I just want to thank you right now. Jesus knows. Father, I just want to thank you. Jesus knows. And you know. Father, I want to thank you. Every situation here, every issue that all of us are having, you know. You know. And Jesus knows. And Jesus knows how it feels. Father, I thank you. You minister your comfort right now. Jesus knows. Father, I thank you. Jesus knows. Father, I thank you. Jesus knows. Father, I thank you that you minister your comfort that you minister your comfort to these right now in the name of Jesus, your compassion. I thank you, your comfort. In the middle of trial, your comfort, your peace. You know, Jesus, you know. You know. I give thanks, I worship you, I thank you, you know. I thank you. What a joy. What comfort. What peace. You know where we're at. You know the issue. You know the heart. You know the heart. And our wickedness doesn't scare you one bit. You know. You know. You know there is no fear looking at you because you know. I thank you now, Jesus. I thank you. I get thanks now, Jesus. You know. I give thanks. I give thanks. You minister your comfort. You minister your compassion. You minister your love. You minister your peace because you know, you already know. 
and you know how to get us out. I thank you, Jesus. You know how to get us out. I thank you. I get thanks. I get thanks. And if you are not born again, let me pray with you right now. It is a simple prayer. Jesus made it simple. He did all the work. All he's asking is that we believe. If you will pray with me now, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Lead me. Guide me. Fix me. Because you know. And I ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. If you would do me a favor. And if you will email me about the meeting, what you thought about it, your, your thoughts, your, your feelings, if God ministered to you. Because I want to make this as personal, personal, personable as we can. And I thank you for your patience on my first women's meeting, and I will see you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.